thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. You know, we're really excited about this series that's called Build Your Faith. Say it with me. Build your faith. Turn and tell someone, build your faith. And this series, I think, is really, really important. And it's, uh, and it's something for us to begin to move forward in our faith today. Because the question is this. We hear it all the time in the Christian world. What does it mean to live by? Well, I'm just living by faith. Well, what in the world does that mean? You ever thought that? No? All right, never mind. Let's just go home. Nobody cares about it. No. What does it mean to walk by faith? Have you ever heard that? I, I'm just walking by faith. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean if I'm juggling, am I juggling by faith too? Am I, am I breathing by faith? Am I drinking coffee by faith? What does all this mean? We hear it a lot. And so I want us to understand, one, is that God wants us to build our faith. Because I think it's a very important thing. And so, so for so many people, when we talk about faith, it feels like it's something we need to go find. It feels like it's something we need to dig up, that maybe it's under the tree and X marks the spot, or maybe it's hidden somewhere, or maybe we can just come forward and someone with faith can lay their hands on me who has faith and somehow give me faith. I don't know. But it's important for us to understand that faith is not a quick fix. It's not something that happens. That we are going to spend the rest of our lives building our faith on the truth and the character of God. There is not a quick fix. There is not a drive through faith restaurant. That faith is built with a life of trusting in the grace of God and growing in our faith. Because I have been challenged this week that God wants to build my faith. Do you think God wants to build your faith? He wants to build your faith. And just like in the intro, it's, it's, it's one log on top of another log. It's a journey of knowing God. And so as we begin to know God, as we begin to understand God, that's one of the, the, the first, one of the purposes of our church is that everyone who would encounter and be a part of this church would know God or love God. When those four purposes came from the great commission and the great commandment. But the first one is to know God. You are going to spend the rest of your life knowing who God is. If you're not going to come, you're not going to come to the age of 53 and be like, well, that's it. I know him. I know him completely. There's nothing more to know about God. You're going to spend the rest of your life building your faith upon what God or who God is. And so we're going to be looking over the next several weeks from Hebrews chapter 11. And today we're going to look at Hebrews specifically chapter 11. We're going to take some different trails out of that, looking at different characters in Scripture. But we, this, whole, this, this whole series is built on Hebrews chapter 11. And it's 11, chapter 11, verse 6, that the Bible says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Can we say that first line together? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So he rewards those who seek him by faith. So there it says it's impossible to please God without faith. So that says how, it's, how important it is to build our faith, to live by faith. 
And so you, you can see this importance of it. So I'm going to look at four ways this morning, very quickly, four ways this morning that we can build our faith. And this is the introduction into this series that we're going to be in for the next several weeks. And I pray that God changes you, He, he, he challenges you, He moves you forward in your, in your faith. And so the first one is this, is number one, we build our faith when we, number one, when we believe even when we can't see it. These are very simple, practical points we're going to look at today. But we build our faith. In other words, we strengthen our faith. We, we, we put a layer upon another layer of faith when we believe even when we can't see it. Now, for us in the human world, this seems like a contradiction. But the Bible teaches that faith is seeing the future right now in the present. Doesn't mean, I'm not talking about somehow being psychic, which is not godly. What I'm talking about is this, is you, you see something, you believe something, that you believe God has spoken and promised, and you see it and believe it in the future, or in the present right now. It's being sure of, you don't, of things that you don't actually see. It's seeing it in advance. Because a lot of people today, we hear it all the time. Well, listen, seeing is believing. We hear that, don't we? But in God's world, he says this, believing is seeing. It's different. And so some things in life, you have to believe them before you can see them. In other words, see what God sees before it's realized. Because God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. There are things that, that you're trying to figure out as you journey and walk with God that you don't see the full picture of it. But there's something in your heart that just that is there. You know it's there. You know that there's something down the road that you can't fully see or even articulate, but you know it's there. And God is, is allowing for the shadow of that real thing to fall on our hearts. And so he's inviting us closer to figure out what he's saying. But by faith, he wants us to begin to take step forwards. There are things in your life that you've been waiting on, you've been believing for, you've been hoping for. There's something in you that says, man, I, I just have a sense that that's going to happen. And so the, but you don't yet have it in your hands. This is this thing called faith. And so faith is simply trusting God to do what he has put in your hearts and his will, that it will be a reality one day. Because I believe we should be dreamers as followers of Jesus. I have incredible dreams for this church. I have incredible things that I believe God wants for this church. It's in my heart and it burns in me and it burns in the hearts of the leaders of this church. And so I can see things that I don't see with my eyes. I know that may sound strange. Does that sound strange to you today? Okay, good. <laughs> I'm just checking. There are things that I see in your life that are things I see in your marriages. There are things I know that God wants to happen with your children, with your future. That it is God's will. And so he's inviting us to begin to believe in what we can't see yet. And this is God's invitation to say, come here, I want you to dream with me a little bit. And we're going to be looking at this over the weeks ahead. And, and I pray you come ready, really ready to move your life forward in the area of faith 
over the next several weeks. And so this, this is the first one. It's a very simple one is that you need to believe even when you can't see it. That is how we begin to build the strength of our faith. The second way that we can build our faith as the body of Christ and as Faith Bible Chapel is this. Number two is to say yes to God when we don't fully understand. Now this is hard for you control freaks. It's very difficult. God has made you to, to be the, wait a minute, I, wait a minute. We can't go there until we work out these seven things. And, and I, wait a minute, I know you want me to say yes, God, but here, here's the deal. I don't fully understand it. So you need to let me understand it so that then I will take the, take the step. But here's the deal. If you fully understand it, then the step won't be in faith. It will be in knowing, not in faith. And God, God likes to invite us and to stretch us to begin to believe when we can't see it with our eyes and we don't understand it. There are many things that God will ask us to do. And so again, this is a very general overview of what we're going to be looking at over the next several weeks. But God wants us, in order to build our faith and strengthen your faith in your life for your family, to pass on a legacy of faith. And I think the greatest thing you could ever pass on to your family is is this principle right here. Say yes to God when you don't fully understand it. Here's the other thing. The greatest thing you can pass on to your family is don't grumble about what you don't understand either. The greatest sabotage to faith and to passing on faith to your family and to your children and to your co-workers is when you grumble when you don't understand it. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to understand things that you don't fully understand why things are the way that they are. And instead of just saying yes to what God is doing, you begin to grumble about what God is doing. And so just like a kid that, that, you, that you're, you're trying to get up from a, I don't, you, remember those, you remember when you were three or four years old? Um, you probably don't remember when you were, but remember when you had a kid at three or four years old or you've seen a kid and in a grocery store, the mom says, says mom, the kid's like, come on, come on, I need you to come along. Come on. I, and the kid wants to stay right there because he doesn't understand where mom's going. And so what's the kid do? He does this. <laughs> Have you seen that? Have you seen that? He just lays, no, I'm not going, I'm not. And so you got to pick him up and he plays the dead man. He's just, no, I'm not going to let you pick me up. That's what people do. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. So I'm going to lay on the ground. Well, come on. So, you know, you see a mom or dad grabbing the kid's ankle and just, The best thing we could do is when God says, Come on, and we don't want to come on, and we like standing in the toy aisle because we like the toy aisle. We say, okay, and we follow. And so he, this is what God wants us to do, to say yes to him when we fully don't understand. Hebrews 11.8 talks about this man named Abraham. It says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place... He would later receive as his inheritance. Notice, called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance. Most of us want our inheritance now, so then we'll go to that place. Anyway, he says he obeyed and went. 
even though he did not know where he was going. Do you see that? You may or may not know the story of Abraham, so I'll just tell it to you real quick. Abraham, when God begins to call him, he's living in a city called Ur in the Chaldeans. So, for one, he probably, listen, if I lived, if I lived in a city named Ur, I wouldn't mind God calling me out of it. Where do you live? Ur. What's the name of your city? Ur. Like, it's, it's probably not the best name. But, anyway, I wouldn't mind leaving that city. But God says, you're, you're 75 years old, Abraham. And while you're, I know you're getting your Social Security. I know you're going to have to go to Social Security office and change your address. I know all of this. I want you to pack up and I want you to follow me. So in other words, God's saying this. You're going to have social insecurity for the next several years, actually. I'm going to send you to a new country. Abraham says this. What's it called? Well, I'll name it when you get there. Okay, but you're, I'm going to build a great nation out of you. Abraham says, out of me? Yep, yep. God says, yep, out of you. You're, you're the one. I'm going to do it. Well, how will I know when I get there? I'll tell you. He said yes to God before he understood. And if you're following God, if you're saying yes to him along the way, this, this, is, this is what I, I've always, I, this is what the Lord told me a long time ago, and he was asking me to say yes to him before I understood some things. And, and to be honest with you, I said yes to God for leaving England to come back to here to Faith Bible Chapel almost five years ago, and I didn't understand. This, this, is, this, is, all, this is all that happened. Pastor George, who's the, the pastor I took, I took over from, I, God gave me a dream. I, I know you may think, oh boy, here we go. But I promise you, God gave me a dream. And in the dream, I'm sitting across the table from Pastor George, and God and 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 George asked Pastor George asked me, Jason, will you come back and help us? It was that simple. That was it. And I woke up from the dream, and the Lord said, "I'm speaking to you." Then I later told Pastor George, "I hope you don't mind that I've been dreaming about you." But anyway, that was it. <laughs> are you here, Pastor George? Some oh, there you are. Hey, man. <laughs> and that was it. I, I was doing just fine. Things were happening. We had stepped out and, and in faith because the Lord had spoken to us to go to England. And he had grown us and developed us. And then one day God told us to come back to Faith Bible Chapel. I didn't understand. All I knew is to say yes. Because I knew God was saying that. And it, several more supernatural things that really confirm that. But the whole idea that God was calling me, I had to say yes to him. And this is just one instance with a lot of instances in my life. I had to say yes to what I didn't understand God was doing. Now, there are some very practical things about this. But, but here's the question. Faith is obeying. Well, it's really not a question, but faith is obeying when you don't understand it. And so here's Abraham at 75 years old. Abraham starts out on the journey, the greatest journey of his life. He becomes a father of a nation, and that's what it means to obey God when you don't see it. But Abraham said yes to him, and that's a very short, condensed picture. Abraham went, God used him, and he did exactly what he said. But Abraham was on a journey. And there's a lot of people, though, that want a guarantee of success before they try to do anything for God. They want a guarantee. But God says, no. 
I'm not going to give you the guarantee. I'm going to tell you to leave what you know, to leave what, what you're comfortable with, to leave what you're certain about, to leave what, what listen, but I have, I have my life as in order, my, my junk drawer. I finally got my junk drawer in order. I finally got my garage in order. I got, finally got the tools I want. I finally got, I got my kids are here. Or, or actually, I got the job that I've always wanted, my, but my grandkids live here. And this is there. And I, but everything is perfect, and then God knocks on your door one day and says, will you follow me? And you say, well, wait a minute, explain a little bit. If the God of the universe invites you to do something, you say, well, I don't know. Tell me a little bit more about it. And he says, no. Will you follow me? Will you say yes to me when you don't understand? This is what faith is. And God did this with Abraham. But God will, will not guarantee you success. He will just say, come and follow me. Because faith always requires risk. Everyone say, say risk. Risk. He wants to put us in a place that will cause us to trust him. Now, there are some disclaimers about this faith because a lot of people do a lot of things in the name of faith that I don't believe it is. And that's my personal opinion. The point of saying yes to God is very important because most people want God to say yes to their plans and then claim they're living by faith. So, in other words, just living by faith never violates other biblical principles. So God will, will, your journey of living by faith does not mean you abandon your responsibility of providing for your family. The Bible says if you're a man, you're to take care of your family. Now, God may lead all of you together. That's why you got to be in sync with your spouse together. He might lead you to do something that doesn't, don't fully understand, but you got to know it's God asking you to do it. But living by faith doesn't mean living by credit card either. Because that violates a biblical principle. Living by faith does not mean putting all your eggs in your basket. And saying, God, will you come and lay on my eggs and so they'll hatch out for me? It is following what God said. It's following what God has spoken. Not what you want God to say. And eventually, maybe if you try hard enough, if you work hard enough. God will eventually come alongside you instead of the other way around. Living by faith is being led of the Lord and trusting that what he said, he will be the one who will work it out. Living by faith is not doing something irrational just because it's irrational. It is obeying what God told you to do that in the natural seems irrational. A lot of people think, I'm just by faith, I'm just going to do it. Well, here's the question. Did God ask you to do it? There's a, there's a difference. And living by faith, because a lot of times people live by faith, it's a statement of pride. Or it's a statement of, of, of they're trying to cover up maybe some insecurities in their life. But living by faith never can be a statement of pride or your own identity. Uh, yes, but I'm just living by faith. 
And I hear a lot of people use this statement when, when wanting to look good or wanting to look spiritual. But I actually believe living by faith, it's the most humbling experience of your life. Because God is breaking things off of your life that will hinder you from achieving and accomplishing and really getting all that he has for your life. Oswald Chambers said, living by faith, it's like, it's like God squeezing you as a grape. And you think, I am dying here. But what you don't see, he's making you into a fine wine. That's what living by faith does. And there are other things that take faith to do. Just practical, probably the most difficult thing by faith to do is Forgiveness. Because it never seems like the right thing to do, to forgive someone, does it? It never seems like, you know, you know, now's the time to forgive them. It never, if it was now the time to forgive them, you would have nothing to If it was no problem for you to forgive, then there would be nothing really you need to forgive them about because you've already let it go. And I, I, don't, it, it, I don't feel like forgiving people. It doesn't feel right. It never seems like the right time. But I'm going to obey even though I don't understand it. I'm going to say yes to what I know the Bible says I must do even when I don't understand it. And I forgive that person. Many of us, it's yes, but, but, but if I don't hold on to this, who's going to punish them for what they did? That's why God says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord's, not yours. So you need to forgive. As a kid, sorry, as a, as a kid, did your parents ever tell you to do something that you didn't want to do? All the time. It didn't make any sense? All the time. It's the same way. But particularly in the area of forgiveness, unforgiveness we know that we will destroy your life, and God knows this, but it's never easy. We just have to trust God and say yes when we don't fully understand. And another thing, one of the, one of the tests of faith that we're going to continue to look at these over the next several weeks, tests of faith is how quickly do you obey when he tells you to do something? How quickly do you obey when you read it in Scripture, when you know, you know what, I need to do this. At least obey from a decision in your heart, I'm going to do this. Now, Lord, I've made the decision. The decision is the big piece. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to obey your word. And whatever that may be, whatever it is that God's revealing to you today. But the Bible says, lean not on your own, what, understanding. And so faith is believing when I don't see it, and faith is believing when I don't understand it. This is the life that God is inviting every single person that is a follower of him to, the life of faith. Not living in the natural, but living in the supernatural accessing things, believing for things that we can't see and we don't understand. But I know by the grace of God, they're coming down the pipeline, and I know it. There's an assurance about that. Another way that we can build our faith is number three, that we give when we don't have it. And this word give, I apologize. I know that I've just used a four-letter word in church. I'm so sorry. And that's, <laughs> that's really, man, this whole thing about give. People get, man, they get all crazy-eyed when you start talking about giving and talk about money. 
Faith is giving when I don't have it to give. That's really, that's what faith is. Giving and faith go together. In fact, God uses finances to test us all the time. Wouldn't you say amen to that? Think about it in your life and in my life. The biggest test of my faith is connected to my finances. Because I got this and I got this. And I know I need this to pay this. But if I give this to God, how am I going to pay that? Amen? All right. So we're on the same page here. And this is what God uses. Have you ever, so I guess the question is, have you ever had, had to make a decision whether to pay a bill or to give your tithe? Yes or no? Yes. I think we all can say yes. This is what's called a test of faith. God's testing you to see how much you trust him. Do you actually believe the Bible? And this is, this is the journey. It's how we build our faith, layer upon layer upon layer. And there are two ways that you can give. You can give by faith or you can give by fear. And giving by fear is when you say, well, how much can I afford to give? Giving by faith is when you say, how much does God want me to give? One is spirit-led and one is fleshly-led. Whether I've got it to give or not, that's what it means to give by faith. Paul was actually writing to the church in Corinthians. That this whole idea about how are they to give. And, and because they were struggling. And this is what he wrote, 2 Corinthians 8, 2. He says this. In the midst of very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Now it's one thing to give when you've got it to spare. That's easy. I like that. I love to give. Giving is one of, is, I think it was one of my giftings. I love to give. I, I love to support. I, I, I like that. But it's another thing to give when you don't know where it's going to come from to pay your bills. This, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? All of us right now, you're like, yes, but that doesn't seem right. There's something about that, Jason. I don't agree with you. I, listen, I know. That's a test of faith. Giving when you don't have it. There was a testimony of a couple in our church last year that they made a decision to start giving regularly. And they didn't have it. They, didn't, they did not have it. And the Sunday after they started giving, they made a decision, we're going to start giving. Just we're going to give regularly. We're just going to give regularly. So this is what we're going to give. We're going to give regularly. And it doesn't matter. That week, so that Sunday they came, they said, God, we're going to start. And it was their first act of faith to begin to give regularly. And they were tight on money. It's a true story. In other words, I'm not lying to you. And hopefully you would know I'm not doing that, so. They started giving that, that week, and then that week, she got a raise of about 30% in her pay. And they, and, and they wrote me, they said, this is a total act of God. We know it is because by faith, we began to give. God, we don't see it, we don't understand it, but we know that we're going to give it. There's another testimony, and actually... This couple is one of our main leaders in our church, small group leaders. He sits on the board. And uh, I, I want to read to you this story. And it's, it's, we've, 
we've read this here before, but it's such a powerful story. And uh, he gave me this, and I'm just going to read it to you. This is what he says. I grew up tithing. I knew all the verses on giving. But after buying a business in 2001 and running into financial problems, I stopped tithing. But I like this last line. But I didn't tell my wife. Not giving didn't help. And within a year, we were over three months behind in our mortgage. Had drained all of our accounts and had maxed out all of our credit cards. My first service at Faith was a Wednesday night service. They were visiting missionaries, and they gave a message on giving and tithing, and it was very convicting to me. The next day, Thursday, my wife found out how bad it really was when she went to the grocery store, and all four credit cards declined, and she had to leave, pregnant, three kids, without groceries. That Friday, I finally broke and prayed and admitted my pride and selfishness. For me, it wasn't about the 10%. It was about who was first in my life. I thought I could figure everything out, but God was showing me that I needed to trust in Him. We went back to faith on that Sunday, and I decided to return to tithing. For me, it was about who was in control of my life, of my business, and my finances. I wasn't putting God first, and so I began to do that. I gave $300 in cash, which was my tithe for the month, and the last of what I had. 10 a.m. on Monday, the first day after I tithed, I got a miracle call from a man I'd never met, from an industry I didn't even know existed, that called, and it, and it completely changed our business, and everything turned around from there. We had been in business for two years, and we almost were bankrupt. But this one deal exploded, and it changed our businesses. That has been an amazing blessing. When I gave it up to God, he took over and took us places we could never have imagined. So today, that company is 24 times larger than it was before. Only God can get the glory for that. I haven't stopped tithing since that day. And then he writes this, God is good. Amen to that? Come on, let's give God a hand. And building our faith is just simply giving when we don't have it because we trust in the God of our, the God, our provider. Number four, also we build our faith when we, number four, thank God before we receive what we prayed for. We thank God before we receive what we pray for. Hebrews 11.30 says this. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. And I'll explain this in just a moment. After the army had marched around them for seven days. Yeah, for those of us, maybe if you've grown up in church, you've heard this story. You're like, yeah, they fell. Amen. That's awesome. But think about it. Remember the story of the Israelites. Being, they were set free from slavery out of Egypt. And God set them free. And the first thing is they left slavery as a group of people. And you should, you should go back and read this story. It's an amazing story. First thing that happens, they come upon a city called Jericho. It, was, it wasn't just any city. It was an undefeatable city that had huge walls made from large stones. And the Israelites, who were people who had been slaves for 400 years, they had not been in an army. They weren't trained. They didn't know how to fight. They have no weapons. 
They're more skilled at making stone walls than trying to conquering armies behind the stone walls. And God says, okay, okay, here's, here's my plan. I want you to walk around this city once a day for six days. But I don't want you to talk. So they're like, okay, how's that going to work? But on the seventh day, I want you to walk around it seven, day, seven times. And so can you imagine they're out there walking around this wall? So the enemy's on the other side, but they can't talk. But I guarantee they can make facial expressions. <laughs> they were probably looking at each other like. So they get done, they walk around, and then they go back to their tents. They're like, what was that all about? <laughs> this is what God told them to do. Did it, did it make any sense? No, not at all. And by them doing this, though, they were trusting and thanking God for doing something that they didn't see yet. They didn't see it. I mean, imagine, imagine they walked around it. It probably even made the walls look bigger. Because as you get closer to it, you begin to look at the walls, and you begin to look up, and you think, oh, my. Gosh, what in the world? And they realized these are stone walls. But they kept doing it. And I, I'm sure they must have felt goofy and silly. And here's the seventh time they're marching around. But by faith, they're doing what God had asked them to do. So we're, mar we're marching around this thing. I mean, there had to be some sense, though. But also, also, they weren't doing this as their first act of faith. They had seen the faithfulness of God bring the plagues in Egypt, set them free, speak to them. He's, he's led them out. I mean, by then they're like, listen, I'll do whatever God tells me to do. No problem. I'll do it. And so they're, we're marching around. And they're thinking, we're going to overcome this. They're thinking, oh, you know, I'm so excited. I bet we make it in the Bible for this one. I bet they write about us about this. I wonder if they're going to be talking about us in Arvada in a couple thousand years, about us doing this today. I don't know if they said that. But anyway, they were thanking God in advance. That's what faith is. Faith is not about you. It is about an assurance that you begin to thank God for the answer that is coming. There's something coming for you. There's something on its way. That's why Mark eleven twenty four 24 says this. Therefore, I tell you, Jesus says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. That's faith. No, notice it says here, when you pray, ask for something. It says, don't beg, don't pitch a fit, don't cry, don't pout, don't throw yourself in the middle of the aisle that you say, I don't understand, I don't want to go anywhere. Don't do that. Begin to thank God. If you do this, God will hear you. This is an act of faith. That you begin, you begin to thank God. You begin to, to say, God, listen, I believe in you. It says to believe like you've already received it. I didn't say that. The Word of God says that. Because if you, if you waited until you received your answer that you're praying for to thank God, that is not faith. That is gratitude. Thanks, God. High five. Thank you. That's different. 
Believing and thanking God for what you pray for is faith. Not that God is a slot machine in the sky, but that here's the understanding that, that he is working on our behalf. And we thank him that he is working and hearing and he will answer our prayers. The last one is this. So how do we build our faith? Number five. This is the biggie. Trust God when we don't get what we prayed for. Trust God when we don't get what we prayed for. According to scriptures, I know this, that God always hears every prayer. God hears everything you pray. You're never alone. But our picture of prayer, it's a limited space. What I mean by this is that God doesn't always answer our prayers the way that we want him to, though. Imagine if we gave our kids everything they asked for. Imagine. Our kids would stay kids, like really, inside. They would stay kids for the rest of their lives. Even though their bodies would grow up, their insides, their maturity would be very, very limited. They actually would end up having more problems in their life than ever if we gave them everything that they wanted. When we ask God for different things, his answer can be no. His answer is are you, maybe it's are you crazy or not yet or you need to wait a while or maybe later. But God honors our faith. And God answers in many, many different ways. And sometimes God says no. Why? Because he loves you. Because he cares for you. And for me, I've found that if I could understand everything about God, I mean, there are things I've prayed for for my own life that I just felt like God said no. There are things that I'm asking God, and I've prayed for for this church and for you, that sometimes I feel like God says, not yet. But we all want it now, don't we? Like, we want it now. We want it now. Right now. Lord, I want your spirit to move on our church. God, I want you to transform us. Lord, I I want you to to do things that you've never done before. God, I want you to release. And God says, yeah, that'd be awesome, but not now. Well, I don't understand that. Why wouldn't God want to do it now? I don't know. God, I I want us to reach the lost. God, I, I, I want you to anoint us to carry out your great commission in our city and around the world. Lord, I I want Faith Bible Chapel to to be in heaven one day. And all of us who are a part of doing this together, there's going to be every tongue, every tribe, every nation represented there who came into the kingdom of God because of Faith Bible Chapel. God, I want to see that right now. He said, yeah, that'll be really neat one day, Jason, but not yet. Well, I don't understand what he's doing. But I believe he's going to do it. And I know if God answered every, everything the way that, that I wanted him to answer or but if, if I understood I guess is probably the better word why he answers the way that he does I don't think he would be God I really don't If he were small enough for us to understand, he wouldn't be big enough for our problems. I I really believe that. 
If you could understand everything about God, He wouldn't be God. He'd be human. And any of us who are married, we totally understand. We're going to spend the rest of our life trying to understand our spouse. How in the world are we going to understand God? And fully understand who He is. For me, the very hurts and pains and disappointment that I've prayed for, that I've asked for relief, years that they haven't been removed, were the very pains, the very hurts, the very disappointments, the very questions, the very aching and groaning on the inside of my soul. Eventually became some of the greatest blessings of my life. It's what made me what I am. It's what built character in my life. It's how God dealt with and deals with arrogance and pride and ego or insecurities. But here's the deal. At the end of this chapter, there are a list of people. Now, I want to encourage you to go back and read chapter, Hebrews chapter 11 through this, through this series. Just read it every day. Just get into it and just read it. At the end of this chapter in chapter 11, some of these great men and women of God who were believing for God by faith, they had anchored their hearts into the life of God. Some of them, I want you to hear this, they got their heads cut off. Some of them were burned at the stake. Some of them got their eyes poked out. Some of them were drowned. All kinds of gruesome stuff happened to these people. And you know what the Bible calls them? They were heroes of faith. They were heroes of faith. What's God saying here? The point is that living by faith does not exempt you from problems. I don't care who you listen to. I don't care how many books you read. When you read the Bible, the Bible is very clear. If the world, Jesus said this, if the world hated me, it will hate you also. If the world persecuted me, it will persecute you also. And then Jesus demonstrates how we handle the hate, how we handle the rejection, how we handle all the, the persecution. Whatever that is, he shows us how to deal with this. And as a Christian, our problems don't go away. We just now have a new power to help us go through our problems and to deal with our problems. That's really what this is about. It's called living by faith. And so all those people at the end of Hebrews 11, which we don't like to read too much in church because we like to just stay in the, in the grocery aisle laying down. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go. But I want it my way. But I'm uncomfortable. But I want that toy. And I want those Starbursts. But I've always wanted Skittles. Why can't I have my Skittles? Lay on the ground. God's not looking for people who get whatever they want and then thank Him for after they get it. He's looking for people that trust Him in the middle of frustration, in the middle of lack of clarity, in the middle of, of transitions, in the middle of all. He's looking for people who will hold fast. And even 
if they get persecuted, even if they die, even if their heads get chopped off, even no matter what happens, he's looking for someone to commend for their faith because here's the deal, this world is not our home. It's not. It's not our home. And in Hebrews eleven thirty nine, 39, it says this, these were all commended, those people who suffered for their faith, Yet not, yet none of them received what had been promised. Boy, that's a tough pill to swallow for the American church. But you know who gets this? The church in China. You know who gets this? The church in North Korea. You know who gets this? The Christians in Iraq, who 80% of them no longer exist. 80% of them no longer exist. But by faith, they believed. And we're worried about our stuff. Only in America do you have this health and wealth gospel that says that if I become a believer, God wants to be a millionaire, wants to be healthy, wants to have no problems. He wants to be a little spoiled brat. He wants me to stand at the grocery aisle and point out, I'll take that little toy. I'll take that baby doll. I'll take that, and I'll take that, and I'll take that. And he just takes them all off and puts them in the grocery cart. And goes, Come on. Only in America. Only in the Western Christian life. No other Christian including the disciples, including the ones of the Bible, ever believe the gospel that we, the way that we believe it. That God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. And if you're not, it must be your problem. God's looking for people of faith that hold strong and anchor their life to Him and only Him. In the midst of sickness, you say, whether God can heal me, and I believe it 100%. But one day I'm going to stand in heaven, and guess what? I get a brand new stinking body, and I'm not going to be sick at all. He will heal you eventually. It may be on this earth. It may be then. And that's why it's so important we need to build our faith. We need to become mature followers and believers in Jesus Christ. And I believe that God wants us to take new steps of faith and begin by asking God, Lord, what are you asking me to do? How do you want me to enlarge my faith? Instead of grumbling when we don't understand it, we begin to say, Lord, I trust you, and I'm going to say yes to you. Listen, stop worrying about things you can't control and start trusting that God is the one who is in control. Stop grumbling. Stop poisoning your spirit. Stop stop missing out on God's plan for you because you are laying down in your grocery aisle because you can't get the you can't get the baby doll. You can't get the slingshot that's gonna break in two days anyway. God knows that. He knows what you need. And let's start saying yes. Let's start building our faith. One log upon another log upon another log upon another log so that we could stand strong. Because I'll tell you this, the world's changing, my friends. Christianity is not, it's not, the, it's not the belief of America anymore. And to me, that saddens me, that breaks my heart. But isn't our world deprived? Isn't our world lost? What makes us think that that somehow a nation can be a Christian nation? No, no. God is, he has a nation of his own. It's called the kingdom of God. 
And the kingdom of God is to begin to work. It's just like, just like to work its righteousness into the, into the, the, the dough of the world and work itself in and begin to move it out, begin to reach the lost. We're going to be persecuted. Listen, we are, we are stepping into a new era of Christianity that only those of faith will survive. And I really believe it. And But God is asking us to engage in Him in a fresh new way in your life to believe for things that you don't even you, you, that you have never enlarged your heart to believe that God wants for you God wants you to build your faith and over the next several weeks I believe God's going to allow us to build our faith together and at the end of the series we're going to be stronger we're going to have a stronger foundation and we're going to begin to do things and move forward in things and believe for things in a way that we never have before. We're going to pick ourselves up off of the grocery aisle and just begin to walk with God and say, wherever you want me to go, I will go. Amen? Amen. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.